Welcome to the Fresh RN Podcast. The information contained in this podcast is meant to supplement your existing knowledge and not replace it. Always refer to your state board of nursing, standards of care, and respective institutions' policies to guide your practice. All identifying patient details have been changed to protect their privacy and remain compliant with the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996. Thanks, nurses. Stay fresh. Damn BFS. Enabler. Better mm, Oh, yeah. All right, Tim. Good to go. He's been recording. Me talking about it. said brain fart to me, and I was like, did you mean neuroflatus? Okay, I'm going to restart. <laughs> Get out the giggles. Get out your yucks. Welcome to the podcast. I am Katie Cleaver. I'm Melissa Stafford. Hey, I'm Elizabeth Mills. And I'm Kiernan McMahon. Thanks for joining us today. And we're going to talk about one of the things that I dreaded most as a new grad nurse after orientation was floating. I was really, like, I felt like I barely got my head around what was going on on your unit or our unit. And now you're going to send me somewhere else. But let's be clear. I'm an experienced nurse and I still don't want to float. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) I never got to the point where I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll float. That sounds great. No, no. So. First, I'm gonna, we're going to just define what it is because I've had people ask, what does that even mean? So basically, you come to work on your unit and there are not enough patients to justify that amount of nurses. So we have too many nurses and there's another unit that doesn't have enough. So we're going to share the wealth. And a lot of units, the way they determine who floats is different. Um, typically, it's a you take turns and... Um, uh, or like some units say, if you have a PRN staff, they're the first ones to float. Um, I think that's most places, right? I don't know. How, I don't know how else you do it, really. Yeah. Um, so then you go to some other unit. Hopefully, you work at a hospital where you only go to units that like. It's not like you're going to go from labor and delivery to neuro ICU. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you stay within your service line. Yeah. Typically, typically. Is there like a compatibility chart that says? <laughs> what you are or are not okay with? Well, I think like they're not going to expect the critical care nurse to go to the pediatric floor. Typically, although I, I'm sure you guys have seen it happen where a nurse is a nurse, they can go anywhere. But it's like, that's, I don't know how to take care of babies. <laughs> I barely got through taking care of mine. I, I have seen things like that happen, but it's usually like, I have had a labor and delivery nurse actually in neuro, but they weren't taking care of patients. They were more like a helping hands nurse. Mm. So they gave medications, helped out our CNA. But, you know, even with that, you have to be careful because a labor and delivery nurse isn't going to know what all of our neuro ICU meds are probably. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, you know, we have to think about what med are we giving and is it appropriate at this time? And they would likely be blindly just giving meds. So, like As a helping hand, right. not like a labor delivery nurse does that specifically, but like as a helping hand, if you yeah. just tell them to give meds, yeah, they're not necessarily doing the critical thinking piece that would come with being in that in your home unit. Just like if you threw me into labor and delivery and you told me to do things, I'd put my head down and do them. I mm-hmm. wouldn't know. To th- there's things I wouldn't know to anticipate. Because yeah. I don't work in that specialty. And you have the right, if you do float to another unit, you have the right to speak up and, and say, you know, you're given, you know, if you're floating to like an intermediate or something and you're a, a nurse who's worked on the floor, um, I think you have the right to, to speak up and say, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this assignment. This is why. These are drips that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you're right. They have the right, but it's truly a responsibility, too. 
you know, yeah. like it's you have to advocate for yourself because you're going to be taking care of these sick patients. So yeah. if you don't speak up that you're not comfortable with it and something happens, you're the one that's responsible for yeah. that patient. So. Right, right. And it's important to, you know, because people don't like floating. And I've had people float and say, well, I don't I don't know how to do that. And it's like, I, you don't know how to give someone a pill like you know what i mean yeah like, um so because there's so floating brings out the worst in people <laughs> yeah it does. yeah i think it does too like people who would probably be super comfortable and fine on their unit are just like not awesome to have floating i mean it's important to recognize why you're anxious about going to because sometimes it's just about the patient population yeah but sometimes it's more that you know like even in the medical icu if i go to the medical icu it's not the patients that intimidate me, but it's the fact that I don't know where things are. Right. I don't know the tel telephone numbers to get in contact with the physicians. I don't know um, how to find whatever medication that's not actually in the Pixis machine at that point. You know, like there's just your normal flow yeah. is very different because you're just not familiar with where they keep everything from an alcohol pad to a sub-Q needle. I mean, you know. Yeah, and what sucks is when you're on your home unit and you're newer, you're just getting to the point where you're starting to get efficient yeah. to get the stuff done where you know everything is. Now, and even as an experienced nurse, you have are expected to do a crazy amount of stuff in one um, one shift and you have fine-tuned how to get it done and you still sometimes clock out late and now you got to go somewhere else where you're not efficient you don't know where things are you're dealing with different people and you're expected to perform the same yeah. so people get grumpy understandably so but yeah. when when that needs to stop is when it starts affecting the other nurses because it's not their fault that you had that they need another nurse so it's you know, you want to make sure you're having a good attitude. And, and what goes with that is when you have people float to your unit, that you're treating them with a positive, welcoming attitude. And yes. because being grateful. Yes, and being grateful. One thing that actually both of you do that, or I mean, I haven't worked with you guys in a while, but you used to always, whenever someone floated, you'd say, hey, thanks for coming to help us out today. Because we know floating's not fun, but to have that other person there makes can make or break a shift. Um, so... You know, when you've got someone that's floating, make sure you, they know what's going, know where things are. You're checking in on them. You're just being welcoming and thankful to them. I think that that makes a huge difference. So hopefully, if you float to their unit, that they're going to treat you with that same attitude. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some tips. To okay, we've we're floating to a new unit, um, maybe for the first time. And if you're a new graduate nurse. You should not float for the first six months. Yeah, you of really being shouldn't. Out of orientation, you shouldn't. Um, and we actually had this experience last week where we had a nurse come from another unit who had this was her third day out of orientation. <gasps> to neuro, I see you. Yeah. And for whatever reason, she floated, and she was not happy. But she came up to us and she said, this is my third day out of orientation. I'm a new nurse. Oh, I'm glad um, you said that. She yeah. said it. and But but you know what? She won. She came in with a pot. She was, she was discouraged. She came, but she came in with the best attitude she could have. She told us. And so we literally assigned her appropriate patients that weren't so overwhelmingly hard and challenging. And a mentor said, to go to. This is. I said, we well, first of all, we all work very well together. You have great nurses who are going to back you up. This is your lead nurse, and he's going to be there to help you out. And we, she got a very good, I think, br good but brief orientation as to where things were. Um, and I came back the next morning, and I was like, did you survive? And she goes, it was okay. Mm. 
So not that that should be the norm. I, I disagree. If you're a brand new nurse, no, you do not need to leave your home unit for six months. You just don't. I mean, mm-hmm. we just talked about it. You're, you're just learning how to get your flow down. But um, if you communicate and the unit who is receiving that floating nurse can help support them because they're there to help you out. If not, you're going to be tripling up and, and it's going to be worse. Um, if you can communicate, you know, I'm not comfortable. This is, this is very new to me. I need someone to at least take some time to show me where things are. That's a good way to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think starting off, it's important to start off your shit. Go, so go to the, go to the unit with as good of an attitude as you can muster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, um, I think it's important to, at the beginning of the shift, get that tour, know, get the lay of the land, but then really identify a few people, um, even if you know, don't know a soul. Um, find someone with that friendly face that is near you to say, hey, I'm floating, I'm newer, or maybe you're not newer, I'm floating, I don't, Can I just want to, can you be my go-to person for the shift? I just... I need some support or however you want to phrase it. But you can even say it as casual. Like, can you be my go-to this this shift? I'm floating. I'm not sure what things are. Your docs and all that. And most people are very receptive. Mm -hmm. Um, And and to speak up, ask questions. Ask a lot of questions. Absolutely. Um, And and make sure you get that tour and reiterate, you know, reiterate to your lead, you know, go to your lead nurse. They're supposed to be the ones that are, that are kind of, watching out for you watching out for you yeah yeah and i and i'm asking questions is so important you can't just have your head down and check your tasks off because you may be dealing with a totally different patient population so example you guys neuro icu very specific um and and what's normal for what's normal and good for a neuro patient actually isn't normal and good typically for a cardiac patient so it's important um or maybe a patient that's you know in ARDS or something, and you go to the you know respiratory or the pulmonary floor, or the pulmonary critical care unit, or maybe you're floating to the floor, and normally you're an ICU nurse, and you have two patients, and now you got five or six. You shouldn't. If you're a critical care nurse and you're you're having to float to a med surge floor, you should not have what's normal out of your ratio. You should only have maybe three patients at the most. Yeah, hopefully. Even if they're in. Um, or maybe you could just be helping hands because you going to take care of six patients after you're normally used to taking care of two or three is not cool. Not cool. Not cool. But anyways, like it's important to ask those questions and know what's normal for that patient population. And it, you would rather ask the question and bug someone and honestly, probably not, but ask the question and figure it out. than you know, having a patient let's, for an example, like in neuro ICU, you know, your typical patients um, with an ischemic stroke t- typically have higher blood pressure limits, and that's good and wonderful to your neuro ICU eyes. And then you go over to the, IC- the, the cardiac ICU, and they don't want their blood pressures that high. They hate that, you know? So you want to know what's normal for that, um, that unit. We did an interview with um, Nicole, Nurse Nicole, wonderful nurse. She is uh, works um, ICU, but... Um, Got a great blog, nursenicole.com. And uh, mm. if you, we did an episode with her, and she was talking about how it's important to understand, like, also not only what's normal for that patient population, but also for various procedures and things. Like, she's like, you know, I remember floating somewhere, and 
you know, I think bradycardia 60, less than that, I got it notified, but it's like, oh wait, they just had this procedure and it's expected to have blank after that or whatever. Um, so it's important to be aware of those things. And sometimes you're not gonna be aware of that unless you ask. Yeah, You can't like be expected to crawl back in your mind to, if you went to nursing school, four years ago this one sentence about blah blah like you got to ask the questions and this is a time where it's going to be incredibly important for you to check your orders not go by i mean that's always important yes always 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 look at your orders but this is where it's going to be extra important because you're working with patients that you're not used to working with Mm -hmm. um at a different point in their hospital stay perhaps um, so you need to know what the guidelines are because there should be notified MD parameters. There should be um, blood pressure parameters if, if it's important for the patient. Um, and that's where you should get your information from. Ask questions absolutely of a coworker that's there with you. Um, but go to your chart and pay extra close attention mm-hmm. because that is going to be what your responsi- responsibility falls back on, not what you were told verbally, but what the orders were in the chart. Absolutely. I mean, yes. again, it's true all the time, but especially when you're floating. Yeah, because what your normal stuff, it might it might be totally different for this these patients. So it's really, we can't just, I can't. Speak up. Yeah. And if you are at a place and you're not getting help from the unit that you have floated to, you have a nursing supervisor, you contact them. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have a, a, a higher chain because it does happen where nurses float and they're sort of dumped on in a sense. And if, if you don't feel comfortable, you know, you have to give specific information. You have to say, you know, this is my assignment. You know, this is what I, I'm not used to take care of this, this, and this, or these are things I'm not familiar with and I'm not getting support from my team. Um, you, there are steps that can take that you can do because I hate to say it in the real world we, nurses who float can get not so good assignments yeah and you should th- and one of the ways to fix that is to not be a unit that does that yeah because right. well, if, you know if you've got um, people floating to you you want to give them something realistic and knowing hey they're not going to be as efficient as the nurse that works right. here every day and they don't not familiar with our processes quite as much so utilizing the opportunity of a float nurse to give them the tough, heavy, annoying patients that you don't want to deal with is awful. It's awful. awful. You are a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably pretty whatever. Oh, my God. I just I I am so frustrated by people that um, that take advantage, that do that, that utilize that period of time to take advantage of somebody else like that's so awful and you treat people how you want to be treated yeah. if you want to go float to another unit and be treated with respect and um, with consideration and gratitude then you need to provide that to people right that is not that is i'm i'm getting angry yeah <laughs> no, no i, I agree yeah yeah no it's a, it's a heart that's what i mean that's what i think sometimes and that's why people don't want to float because that's the fear yeah, and that's we, one of the fears. That should not be the norm. That should be an exception. And <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess it's not. I guess it depends on your facility. What's the norm? So knowing kind of what the standards are in the unit, what what your blood pressure management is, what like if you're in a CVICU step down, you got to get that. If you're working night shift, you got to get that patient up and out of bed before those surgeons start. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like so in the morning. Knowing you know, knowing when your routine labs need to be done. Um, knowing when dressing changes need to be done um Mm -hmm. what the normal is paying attention to your orders 
and hopefully your lead, your charge nurse, an experienced nurse can help you or, or make you aware of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's important for you to give yourself some credit too. I mean, you know, there are absolutely challenges to floating, but you are a competent nurse. Otherwise you wouldn't be out of orientation mm-hmm. and having faith in your ability to do a good head to toe assessment mm-hmm. is, is important. And, you know, if something doesn't feel right to you, trust your gut, um, which I think we'll talk more about later. But, you know, the thing is, is that if you notice that a patient's color just doesn't seem right, and um, maybe for me, I always go back to cardiac because it's my weakness. But um, if, if, I'm, if I'm floating to a CCU and I feel like there's something off about this patient, the color's not quite right or their breathing pattern just isn't quite right and I can't put my finger on it you know I'm going to have faith in my assessment skills that I'm picking up that something is wrong even though I don't necessarily know what it is Mm -hmm. and then I can go to my lead nurse or that person that I approached at the beginning of my shift that that said absolutely I'll be your go-to and just get their opinion Mm -hmm. and ultimately in the end you know it's it's the decision to call a provider and ask questions Mm -hmm. you know they're a little dusky we haven't done any lab work in a while or you know whatever the case may be calling rapid response for help or guidance if there's um you know an issue or a question on a patient that you don't know what to do with knowing who your resources are whether they're a member of that unit or outside the unit as in rapid response or as in a house supervisor um, is going to be important for you but you know asking those questions and advocating for yourself is important because by advocating advocating for yourself you're advocating for the patients too so um Use it, too, if you come in, and, you know, I've already said that I, I don't like floating, and it's it's because I like, you know, I like my routine. I know my patients. I know my doctors. <laughs> I know my unit. You know, it's not that there's, generally speaking, I've been very fortunate and not had bad floating. You know, when I float, it's not terrible, but um, use it as a learning opportunity, too. Like, embrace that. I'm weak at cardiac, so if I go to the cardiac unit, maybe I can take advantage of what's going on in the unit that day. And mm-hmm. Hey, that's a balloon pump. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. Or you're getting ready to cardiovert. I haven't done that in a while. Can mm-hmm. I come in? Mm-hmm. Or um, somebody come into my unit. We're going to put a ventriculostomy drain in. Do you want to watch? You know, take advantage of that because you never know when you're going to pick up on something new that you haven't been exposed to before that will help you in your home unit. Mm-hmm. And if you come in with that attitude of, yeah, maybe you don't want to float. Maybe you're nervous and I don't blame you. Um, but if you approach it in such a way that that you take advantage of that learning opportunity and you ask questions that you don't normally get to ask, um, I think it will help turn it into a positive experience. Yeah, and I think if you're able to say, okay, I don't know, I don't know how to do this, but I'm, I'm, you know how people want to save face and mm-hmm. they don't want to admit they don't know something, mm-hmm. and it's hard enough to do that on your own unit and feel because you want everyone to have confidence in you, and then you go to another unit, and you want them all to think you're a good nurse and you're competent. And you want them to be confident in you. And then it's like, oh, man, there's so much I don't know. But it's important to admit what you don't know and ask for the help. And and I think when you can Im- immediately break that barrier down of saying, hey, um, what do you guys normally do with this? I'm not sure. Or, yeah, I haven't my patient's going to need a cardioversion and I haven't done one of those in like two years. Can you get can someone help me out? Like those kinds of things, like being able to just bring that like wall down and say, hey, you know, what? I don't know. I don't know what to, how to do this and get that kind of support. Um yeah. If you're helping with a procedure with a doctor, you know, telling the doctor that. Yeah. I haven't fl- I haven't helped a physician float a swan in years. Years. So you need to help and me. And so help me. I'll <laughs> be like, I'll be happy to help you get whatever you need, but you're going to have to guide me through what you need me to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's been a while, especially if nobody else is available. But, you know, right. I really want to be involved in this. I just need more guidance. I'm yeah. sorry. 
And I find for the most part, of course, there's always exceptions, but for the most part, if you're proactive like that, they respond to that very well. Yes. And then, you know, they take the time to tell you about what they're doing. So if I'm floating a swan, look at the waveform here as I come into the right atrium and watch this. I'm getting ready to go into the right ventricle. Watch your waveform. See what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and really kind of talk through that and what that means and kind of how that information is going to help them take care of the patient with their orders. Yeah, and I think that physicians love to teach, too. I mean, a lot of most I feel like most people like to teach and explain stuff. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't want to just unload education on people if they don't know that they need it. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of time up to the person that needs to know how to do something to mm-hmm. open that door. Yeah, because say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you explain it? Right. I don't I don't want to. um I don't want you to feel like I'm judging you and that I, you know, that I don't, I don't think you know anything because that's not my goal. You know, my goal is, you know, what's going on or you cool with this or is there something I can help you with? And hopefully me, if I'm the one that's floating, I'm asking those questions. If I'm the one who's in the unit where that nurse is coming from, hopefully I am also proactive in saying to that nurse who's mm-hmm. floated, have you helped with the central line in a while? Because if not, I can be in there with you. Yeah. Or, you know, those kinds of things. And, and being that kind of proactive whether you're on the receiving end or on the giving end is important and and you're so right we can't say it enough like the way to change the culture if you're experiencing negativity is for you to yourself to become positive Mm -hmm. yeah and and so I I think bearing that in mind as you float is important yeah providing the support and ad providing support to others when they come to you and advocating for your own when you go somewhere else and just know it's 12 hours and (laughs) and it may just be for four hours Mm -hmm. so you can get through it get it done and go back to your unit and then you'll be at the bottom of the list. You won't be the next person to float. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And some, some people actually really like floating yep. too. We're kind of, I, I feel like I, I feel bad. I've painted this ominous picture of floating, but some people actually really like it. Mm-hmm. And there's even float pools where all people do is float um, and go to different units. It's just, it is scary the first few times you have to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, just know you have support in some way and, um, if you can start out and get, like you said, get your codes to your doors, um, get, you know, learn where important things are. That's, that's the big step. Mm-hmm. Um, and communicating to whoever your charge nurse is that this, you know, I'm new nurse or this is the first time I floated since I started working at this hospital or et cetera, letting them know that. And if you notice that your unit treats floating nurses terribly, be part of the change that makes that better. Yeah, and just be like, that's not really fair. Yeah, that's not, or like if you're making the assignment, don't give them the bad assignment. Like, and maybe sit down with somebody like, hey, why are we, why are, why are we doing this? Like, why is this okay? I don't mean, and I know I said, you're a terrible person if you do that. I I don't take, I don't mean that seriously because if people are, typically people act like that because that may have happened to them and they feel like that's the way that it's done. And it's important to change that. And, you know, making that assignment is, is challenging, too. So it also may be a, a case where they didn't really think about it from a different perspective. Right. Because, you know, I've been in shift change and listen, I was say that I was there the day before. So I kind of have an idea of what's going on with the patients. And I listen to the assignment. I'm like, eh, I don't think that's a good pairing together. I think we should probably change this one and this one and, mm-hmm. and have that open dialogue with whoever it is that's making the assignment. Because sometimes someone else comes with a different vantage point that maybe I didn't think of mm-hmm. or I thought of something differently than they thought of. And and I think we've probably been pretty clear about trying to create that open dialogue 
um, whether it be between nurses on your unit or across units or what have you, because that's how you gain trust and, and credibility with each other. And then that's how the best patient care occurs, quite honestly. But um, making thinking about what you're exposing that patient to. I mean, in the hospital, patients are dynamic. This happened to us, you know, a while ago where we brought a nurse in that was actually from a cardiac step-down floor into the neuro ICU. And we had not one but two nurses from that unit. And so we had to be very strategic in what patients we gave them. And, of course, we gave them the most pa- the stable patients that we could, but things changed. Mm. And I felt horrible for that nurse. And, I, you know, I approached that nurse, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is not what we were expecting. Um, you know, whatever you need, I'm here for you. And, you know, helping the nurse with drips that maybe she used, you know, cardiac nurses use dopamine, for example. Mm -hmm. But using dopamine for a cardiac issue is different than using dopamine in the setting of a neuro ICU patient. And, Mm -hmm. you know, helping guide her through that. And then we gave some emergent drugs. So I went and pulled them and I helped give them and I helped, you know, create the timeline of when drugs were given, when different things happened that we did with that patient. So that I'm there trying to help her Mm -hmm. so she does not feel alone. Because I have no doubt in my mind that she was really overwhelmed and having a difficult time with that assignment because we did not expect that patient to become unstable but it happened yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, so what yeah you got to be able to support when it does yeah absolutely yeah so um there was one more thing i was going to add um and i can't remember (laughs) um oh well whenever i think of floating i just think of a big like rubber duck coming down the hallway coming to help out our unit well <laughs> if you floater. so let's say you are you floated and they gave you a fairly uncomplicated assignment and you you're kind of have downtime and you notice all the other nurses are like running around offer to help oh offer to that's help them such a good because point. yeah that's it true. they will remember you and i tell you what that's a good way to kind of you never you just never know one day that one charge nurse on that one unit that you worked with and you were you know you helped the team as a whole they may become your boss one day or they may they may be somebody or you, you just never know who you're going to run into again. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's such a good and point. And they'll remember you and they really appreciate that as you know just being there to support. So you may be a big support to other nurses on that unit. Yeah, I'm, I I I I love that you said that because it's Me so too. important because I've had times where we do that. We we do the we get the patient, the, the float nurse, we give them the easier patients. And I get so frustrated when we're running around crazy because we've got the heavier assignments and they're kicking it at the nurse's station. Not and answering they don't feel the like phone. They have to do anything. Right, because mm-hmm. it's not their unit. They're not answering the phone. They're not doing whatever. And we're dying. And it's like, that's not how hey. it should work either. Yeah. Right. You should, you should, if, if you're good with your patients, take the initiative to answer the phone or to, to do the things that, to help out, pass some meds, or see how you can help somebody else out. Yeah, that's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. Those those nurses, you're right. Those nurses really stand out in my mind. Yeah, I mean they really do. They do. And I and I honestly try to write a note to their manager so that they know what an asset they were. And mm-hmm. you just you, you just know? never know who you're going to run into again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys. Any more tips or pointers for people floating? Good luck. <laughs> May you, the you get thrown people. in the middle of it, right? It's sink or swim, float. Be the float Aww. nurse. Yeah, yeah. I really think of a floating rubber, rubber ducky, ducky 
in a nurse outfit floating down the hallway. Here's the float nurse. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I digress. All right. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. Check out freshrn.com slash podcast for some show notes and all of our other episodes. And stay fresh. Damn crowd better hit the floor. All the other fellas better run for the door. Stop, drop, and roll with me. I got the heat.